morning and welcome to the Sunday worship service. Please stand with us at this time as we get ready to enter into praise and worship. Those joining us online, we welcome you and um, you are a part of our faith family and we are excited for the day we see you here uh, in the sanctuary with us. There's nothing like being here with the faith family. Um, we're going to recite our vision. We're very thankful at our church to have a pastor with vision, but we don't, without vision, the people perish. So we're going to recite the vision. We're going to get excited and stirred up about it. Ready? Our vision. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the word of God, and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for this day. This is the day that you have made. We will rejoice. We will be glad in it. We ask the Holy Spirit to come invade this service and do what you want to. Hallelujah. searching for we want you and nothing more let your glory fill this place we're alive in your presence it's your heart we're searching for
God build the house. The labor is in vain. Hallelujah. So we labor to enter into rest, not to labor into dead works. Hallelujah. So we just ask the Holy Spirit to help us to know the purposes and plans of God for our lives. And there, there will be the provision. There will be the sufficient grace. There will be the protection. There will be whatever we need to fulfill that plan for our life. Hallelujah. Today, we plant our feet firmly on the firm foundation, the chief cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. Yes. Hallelujah. of every song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
get ready to partake of communion together this morning. Hallelujah. You can be seated just for a few moments. The ushers are going to hand you the elements. And if you would just hold them, we'll take them all together. Amen. Those of you watching online, go ahead and prepare your elements at this time. We're just going to go before the Lord and just appreciate the table this morning. Amen. And, and, and we appreciate our covenant that we have with Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. We've been reading in the book of Acts. Uh, we started in Acts chapter 1. We're in Acts chapter 3 in our daily Bible reading. And if you'll remember in Acts chapter 2, we, uh, Mom talked a little bit about Peter uh, in the Word of God. Uh, he talked, she talked about Peter on Wednesday, how he was, his life, some of, some of his life. And so if you read in Acts chapter 2, the boldness that came on him after he received the Spirit of God. And he talks for the rest of the chapter in Acts chapter 2. And I wanted to read there because he gives the story of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. And so I just wanted to read here for just a few verses in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. And it says here, I'm going to start in verse 22. It says, Peter continued, People of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus, the victorious, was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know God performed many powerful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. And he's still doing that today. Amen? This man's destiny was prearranged. For God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified. And that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it was all part of his predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. This is the very thing David prophesied about him. And then he quotes the scripture. He says, I continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand and I am never shaken. No wonder my heart is glad and my glory celebrates. My mouth is filled with his praises and I have hope that my body will live. Verse 27 says, because you will not leave my soul among the dead, nor will you allow your sacred one to experience decay. For you have revealed to me the pathways to life, and seeing your face fills me with euphoria. Then he says, my fellow Jews, I can tell you there is no doubt that our noted patriarch has both died and been buried in his tomb, which remains to this day. So you can see that he was not referring to himself with those words. David was not talking about himself. But as a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise made with his God's unbreakable oath. He knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreakable oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future... David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection 
and God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death, nor would his body experience decay. Can you, can't you see it, he says? God has resurrected Jesus, and we have all seen him. Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of highest honor. And the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you're seeing and hearing. Now, if you look in verse 36, now everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one God has made both Lord and the Messiah. Glory to God. David looked out into the future and he prophesied this, that Jesus would come and God would not break his covenant or his oath to us. Amen? And because we're his descendants, we are the seed of Abraham, joint heirs with Jesus. Amen? This covenant that we have with him is unbreakable. Hallelujah. And that is what we are reminding ourselves of today as we partake of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. We remind ourselves of our covenant with him. There is room at the table for the children of God. There is room at the table, and that table is spread in the presence of our enemies. Amen? He said he prepares a table. Well, what's on the table? Well, what do you need today? What do you need today? That's what's on the table. Hallelujah. His body was bruised and pierced and bloody for us so that we would have healing and health and wholeness. A crown of thorns was placed on his head. That crushing blow to his head, any head trauma. You need release, you need healing and wholeness from that. It was bought and paid for over 2,000 years ago. And his blood flowed from his body not just for him, for you and I. And it still flows for us today. And there's forgiveness in the blood. Hallelujah. There's provision in the blood for you and I today. Glory to God. In 1 Corinthians, I'll go over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. It's a, a very familiar uh, verse of scripture. I'll read it out of the New Living for I pass unto you what I receive from the Lord himself. This is Paul talking. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between who? God and his people. Between you and I, between you and I and God, hallelujah, glory to God. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. 
and he tells us not to eat and drink unworthily. Well, his, his, the work that he did, the redemptive work that he did on the cross made it so we don't have to do this unworthily. He gave us a verse of scripture in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 that says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he is just to forgive us and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. We've been cleansed from unrighteousness. Amen. We have right standing with him. So I'll ask you those here, those online this morning participating there, I'll ask you to just take a moment, close your eyes and just ask the Holy Spirit who came uh, where we see in Acts chapter 2, the spirit of promise. Ask him this morning to show you anything that's in your heart that should not be there. Ask him. Holy Spirit, reveal that to us this morning. Anything that's not pleasing to the Father, whether it's an attitude that we have, whether it's unforgiveness that we have, offense that we have, whether we've offended someone, we've said or done something, or maybe didn't do what you asked us to do, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, reveal that to us right now in the name of Jesus. And now, Father, we repent right now in Jesus' name for those actions, those thoughts, those words, those things that you are revealing to us. We repent of it right now in Jesus' name. And we receive our cleansing right now. We thank you that there is forgiveness in the blood of Jesus. And we receive it right now and we partake. This morning, we're going to partake of this together. And we're going to do so worthily because you have made us worthy. And so we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so we receive this morning by faith. This is an act of faith for us because we don't see the body. We've not seen the nails in the hands. We've not seen that. But we receive it and we know it to be true by faith. And so even as we partake this morning, by faith, we receive healing in our bodies, in our souls, in our minds right now, in the name of Jesus. As we partake of the body of the Lord, we remind ourselves that his body was broken and bruised for us, and he took upon himself all of our sickness, all of our disease, all of our pain and discomfort. And we receive healing right now in Jesus' name as we thank him for it. Break and eat in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. And we know if not for the blood of Jesus, we would not even have access through to the throne room of God. We'd not be able to come boldly into the presence of our Lord. But we thank you that we have direct access and you tell us to do so with all confidence. And so we do this morning, we approach the throne of divine favor this morning because of the blood of Jesus that was shed and made a way for us to come. And so we thank you, Jesus, for the cleansing power, the wonder-working power in your blood. 
I thank you that you are the God of miracles. You did miracles back then, and you still do miracles today. We thank you, Father God, that your blood shed for us is a miracle because we can be forgiven and we have provision of protection. We have the provision that's in the blood this morning. <laughs> oh, the blood of my Jesus. Oh, the blood that was shed for us Nothing but the blood of Jesus can cleanse us and make us whole. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this blood. This is a representation of the blood of Jesus. And we remind ourselves every time he was whipped and beaten, the blood flowed. And there was a purpose in it. And I thank you that it is what ratified and confirmed our covenant. And so we thank you for the partnership and the covenant that we have with you, Jesus. We are joint heirs. And we thank you that everything in heaven belongs to us. In Jesus' name, we receive it, partake with thanksgiving this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to the name of Jesus, glory to Jesus. Now will you stand and let's sing about Jesus this morning, glory to God, glory to God.
he makes new life begin. Amen. Sing, sing that, Jesus. 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 Jesus is the Lamb. concerning his breathing and the life that he has on the inside of him we ask that right now by the power your miracle working power which we put ourselves in remembrance of this morning we send that word of miracle working power to Bobby right now this morning in his hospital room Bobby we speak life to you right now in the name of Jesus in Jesus name it's the breath of God in your body this morning. We thank you, Father. You know exactly what the current condition of his heart is, and we speak to his upper respiratory system right now in the name of Jesus, and we command you to align with the word of God that says he is healed and whole by the stripes of Jesus. We speak healing and wholeness to you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we speak to your lungs right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for breath, hallelujah, deep breaths in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that that condition is reversed in Jesus' name. And he'll not go backwards, but we thank you, Father, that he will improve every minute from here yeah. on out in Jesus' name. There will be improvement from this moment 
on in Jesus' name. And his body will recover completely and be restored with no residual effects in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Glory to God. We believe and we receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on and greet the person on your left and your right. Tell them that you're happy to see them this morning. Glory to God. Thank you, team. God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Christy Barrows, and these are your 10-3-2021 announcements. Um, our next child dedication will be held Sunday, October 10th during the service. If you would like your child dedicated, please see Christina Clark. She can raise her hand back there and say hi to us. Um, please see her, um, or you can go on the website and message us there, and please do so by Wednesday of this week. So if you want your child dedicated, October 10th, and let us know by Wednesday of this week. Um, Kingdom Couples Movie Event will be held on October 16th. And for more information, you can see Craig or Nisha. And um, I believe they're with the children downstairs today. Uh, but they can help you. There's also a sign-up sheet um, on the table in the foyer. And for those of you who serve on an impact team, there is a sign-up sheet on the table also in the foyer for the John Maxwell Live to Lead, Live to Lead event coming up on Saturday, October 23rd from 8.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. And lunch will be provided. Pregnant people will be happy about that. Um, so please save the date and tell the kids to invite their friends to our second annual Trunk or Treat event on Sunday, October 31st. We're taking back Halloween for the church. Hallelujah. And that is also Family Sunday for it's, we can wear our Father's House Family Church t-shirts. And um, Christina made this beautiful flyer. There's one available on the back table. And uh, actually, on the, over there, see Mike? Wave to Mike. It's over there, over there in Mike's world. There's a sign-up sheet, too, if you are going to be um, entering a car um, in the trunk or treat. Um, so if you're going to be decorating a car, please sign up. And there's a flyer with more information. It's going to be October 31st, 2.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. And last but not least, there is a monthly calendar now available on the back table as well that, um, Christine, give her a hand, please. Christine does a lot. Okay. All right. So thank you, Christina. We appreciate you. And um, thank you. We're going to give now in the um, young adults, baby, display. Okay. Hi, Ivan. Good morning, family. You guys didn't thought we'd go without the without giving. <laughs> uh, are you exciting being here? Uh, I'll tell a little story. A while ago, uh, my, I went to uh, my brother's house. He invited me to go watch a soccer game at his house, and uh, he was his team playing. He had a lot of people there. Uh, after a while, his team 
his team, usually when like, they score, they just scream like nobody hears anything. <laughs> they get so loud. But this time he did something different. After his team score, he just like slide down. He's like six foot uh, four. Just slide down, face down on the, f on the floor. And he was, he was so excited, like, <laughs> look at this guy go. <laughs> uh, have you ever asked yourself, why do, you, why do we give? And the answer is in the word of God. Genesis 127. It says that God created us in his likeness and his character. And we have the nature of God. A giver, a given nature. Amen. What is the nature of God? He's a giver because he gave us his son. He gives us life. He creates life. He builds, he builds the earth for us to enjoy. We know the nature of Satan is to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10. 10. But our God is the opposite. He's a giver. He creates life, and he builds everything. Amen? After Adam felt the nature of God that was in us was now corrupted by the enemy until we got born again to regain what God has provided to us. Now it's up to us to renew our mind with the word of God and to make this quality, this given nature of God, a reality in our life. If we want financial freedom in our lives, we got to follow God's instruction. And do what he says. Deuteronomy 16:17. He says, "Every man should give as he is able, and accordings with the blessing which the Lord your God has given you. Don't give, don't give out out of guilt or obligation, but give out of love for God and for people." Amen. Deuteronomy 15:10. He says, "Give generously." them and do and do so without a grudging heart then because of this the Lord your God will bless you and in all your work and everything you put your hand to let your giving be in the spirit of joy without worrying if you're gonna have enough left over to pay up your bills trust God because his word never fails amen, amen. Proverbs 3 9 says, honor the Lord by making him an offering from the best of all that your land produce. Exalt him. Show him your respect by giving him your best, not your leftovers. Proverbs 11.25. Be generous and you will be prosperous. Help others and you will be helped. God is telling us the way to process is to is to go in and be gen and to be in our generosity. And thank you all for your faithful giving towards our roof goal of this week. Uh, let's please let's stand and do our offering confession. Ready? Go. Now because we are tired, the windows of heaven are open. The blessings is being poured out because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. 
We will receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commission, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and return. We will receive checks in the mail, supernatural transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, house, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing to our hands great big seeds and moving forward in faith in every area of our life. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvest angels, go get it and bring it to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please come to the front and release your tithes and offerings to the Lord. Now I hand it over to Pastor Maria. She'll pray for the offerings and tithes. Appreciate that. Glory to God. Come on, give my hand. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you that when we give, we are aligned to your word. We're in obedience. It's an act of obedience because we love you. And we thank you, Father, that you're always giving to us. As Mr. Ivan just told us, your character is one that gives. And so giving is part of your character, and so we make it part of ours. We thank you, Father, that the doors and windows of heaven are open to us when we give. We align ourselves with that. We're in line for that blessing. We thank you, Father, that our houses are protected, our households, our neighborhoods, everything that belongs to us are protected when we give and when we give that 10% to you. We, we, we align, our, align ourselves with that promise of protection. And we thank you that when we give over and above that, we're naming our seed and we receive not 30, not 60, but we declare we're a hundredfold people. We receive a hundredfold so that way we can give and lay up an inheritance for our children's children. We give you honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good and he's faithful. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. The Lit Youth went downstairs. I just wanted to give you a quick announcement regarding Lit Youth Ministries, and you'll hear more about this from Mr. Justin. Mr. Justin will be, Pastor Justin will be ministering the last Sunday uh, of uh, this month. Uh, it will be Family Sunday. That's October the 31st, and he'll tell you more about this. But beginning in November, we are going to have uh, our Lit Youth Impact Sunday. And what that is, is the fourth Sunday of every month, you will see the teens serving in church in one area or another. And so that will be a week where all of the lit youth uh, members will uh, not be in class together, but they will be serving in church, whether it's in the media and sound department whether it's in helping, you know, like the praise and worship team, maybe they can help get the songs together, uh, you know, if they need copies, things of that nature. They'll be like junior interns, okay? And this is, what this is going to do is prepare them for when they age out of lit youth ministries because they'll already be developing relationships in other areas with people. 
because that's where we're losing our children and our teens. They go through the children's ministry. Next step is the youth ministry. They go through the youth ministry, and then they don't feel connected to the church. It's mom and dad's church experience, not theirs. We want it to feel like the whole family's church experience, okay? And so you'll see them. So I encourage. Now, there's, there's things that you as parents that have teens are going to have to do. You'll have to get them here on time because we're teaching them responsibility and serving in the house of God, you serve with excellence. And so those who are there working alongside, ushering, greeting, you know, handing out the envelopes, whatever it is, they're going to mentor them. And so when you see the teens working and you see them do good things, wow, you did a great job. You were smiling as I walked in the door. I appreciate that. Encourage them and tell them they're doing a great job, right? And so you'll see that we want them to be involved. We want the church experience to not just be my mom and dad's experience. We want it to be the whole family's. Amen. And this is one way to do that. So when they get out, they'll already have relationships with the areas that they want to work in. And this is preparing them because guess what? <laughs> when G if Jesus tarries, guess who's going to be running the church? I told God 10 years in this position. That's it. It could be less than that. Someone's going to be running things, and they've got to start now. Amen? It has to start now. And so we thank God that we have that opportunity, and Pastor Justin is excited, and uh, Miss Christie, they're excited about it. Uh, we'll, we'll be seeing them every fourth Sunday, or if there's five Sundays, every fifth Sunday, they will be here serving in church, and I'm excited to see that. Amen? Glory to God. Okay, are you ready? What have we been talking about? Yes. Amen. You can say it loud. It's okay. <laughs> Even if you got it wrong, you know me. I'm going to go, no, it's this. I'm not going to say, shame on you. No, Jesus took our shame. There's no shame. And so uh, the Holy Spirit and his gifts, that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> this is, anybody know what week this is? <laughs> Yes, the gift of prophecy. Amen. Cookie to her in the back over there. <laughs> she said she takes chocolate. Yes, okay. All right, so yeah. And then anyone know what our foundation passage is? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. Anyone going to volunteer to read that for us this morning? Come on. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. Okay, we have it up here. Okay, come on. Who's who said it? Come on, Mr. Robert. Come on, give him a hand. Woohoo! All right, you can read right there or wherever. Go ahead. Here we go. I feel funny. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. All right. <laughs> but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To the other, to another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the inter interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. Come on, give him a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Robert. Appreciate that. See, very good. That's not so hard, right? 
I love it. All right. He said, because I'm sitting back here, right? <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah. So he said, he, he read about the gifts of the Spirit that we've been talking about. And at the end, I always want to make sure we remember, this is the gifts of the Spirit. It's his gifts. And when he comes and manifests, he brings his gifts with him. And he looks for who to distribute those gifts through. It's not we conjure them up and we poof. Okay, now I, no, he does this. We make ourselves available to him. That's our job. Amen? Okay, so we're talking about the vocal gifts, the category of gifts that say something. And the vocal gifts are? Prophecy. Prophecy tongues. Interpretation. interpretation of tongues. These are the three gifts that when vocalized supernaturally, they convey a message from the heart of God to a specific person or congregation. We talked about tongues and interpretation of tongues last week and the week before. Again, if you've missed it, any of these messages, go online and watch. I'm going to direct you this time to YouTube. Go on YouTube and watch it. While you're on YouTube, do me a favor. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We need to get more subscribers. And you say, this is why. Because then we can do more customization to our channel. We can name it our church name instead of me going, our channel is one, two, question mark, four, three, nine. Because that's, that's what our Facebook ID, our YouTube ID number is right now. Until you get to a certain number of subscribers, you cannot change that. And so we need more subscribers. Go on YouTube. Find Father's House Family Church, hit subscribe, and then share it with your friends. The more subscribers we get, then we can customize that page to what we need it to be. Our videos could be longer, all of those kind of things, okay? So uh, you can watch the service, last week's service on there. Don't just watch the message, watch the whole thing. I know you'll be blessed by it. Amen. So the gift of prophecy we see mentioned in verse 10. Robert just read that for us. In verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 12. One of the three vocal gifts, the gift of prophecy, is often referred to as the most important gift of the three vocal gifts. Why? Because, I mean, first of all, you'll see it mentioned, I think he said 22 times in uh, 1 Corinthians 11 to 14. 22 times. It's very important. Why? Is it more important than tongues and interpretation? It's more important because, think about it, tongues is dependent on interpretation. And when the two of them manifest, it equals prophecy. It's an utter tongues is in an unknown language. Prophecy is in a known language. So when you put interpretation with tongues, it equals prophecy. So prophecy is more important than the other two. This is what the experts the, say on this, okay? And so the other two gifts are important, but prophecy, Paul talks a lot about it. He talks a lot about it. In fact, if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, it says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed, we, we read this last week, he interprets that the church may receive edification. And we talked more about this verse last week, so you could go back and listen to that. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. That's what prophecy is. Last week, we talked about the supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue, prophecy. 
This is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. If you look at 1 Corinthians 14, 3, we're going to find the purpose for all of the vocal gifts, including prophecy. It says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. When the gift of prophecy manifests, it will impart one of these three things to the hearer. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's the threefold purpose of prophecy. Last week we talked about edifying because tongues and interpretation of tongues does the same. We talked about edifying, which means to build up. The gift of prophecy will build up the church of Jesus Christ. If a person is weak spiritually, it will build him up when he receives that word of prophecy. The gift of prophecy in its root meaning signifies to erect, strengthen, or to build up. Do you know any Christians today? that need to be their spiritual lives to be built up and strengthened. I know I do. Amen. That's what the gift of prophecy does. Now let's look at the next word, the next purpose of it, exhort. To exhort means to encourage. In the Greek, it means a calling nearer to God. The word of prophecy will encourage the church. I've heard word of words of prophecy. I, I know uh, dad, his thing, stay steady. Well, that didn't just come out of his natural mind. Oh, stay steady. No, that came out of his heart. And that came out of in, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I remember one time he said, stay steady. Don't look to the right or to the left, he told us. He said, don't look to the things of the world, but look up for your redemption is coming soon. Now, we can all get up and say that. That sounds wonderful. That's something that we all have in our hearts. But at that moment when he said it, it was not just words that came out of his natural mind. You know, I feel like I, no. He was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had told that to him supernaturally to say that to us. And so I've received that word from the very beginning when he said it. It always comes back to me. Why? Because it edified me. It encouraged me. And it gave me comfort in the time, especially with the world, the way the world's going. It still comforts me during this time. So it's an encouraging word that calls us to stay close to God. Now, any one of us can say these things, again, but we have to remember that prophecy is not coming from the natural mind or faculties. It's given by the Spirit. It's a prompting that comes from the Holy Spirit to your spirit, and then you speak it out. The Greek word, let's look at the word comfort. The Greek word for comfort also means consolation. There are so many in this world that need comfort. We have broken homes broken lives, broken marriages, broken dreams, broken hearts. And it's one, of the, it's, it's one thing to, to sympathize or to pity someone who is in this state, but it's another to bring comfort. When you bring comfort, that can change their lives. It's, sympathy does nothing. It, it's for you, sympathy. We say, we, I sympathize with you, but really it makes us feel better that, okay, I sympathize. No, but when you bring comfort by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Spirit, that has the power to change someone's life. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14, 31 says, 
for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and that all may be encouraged. So this is available to everyone as the spirit wills. It's available to everyone. We need to just make space for him to manifest through us. Amen. So the purpose of this gift of prophecy is to edify, exhort, and comfort. So anytime the gift of prophecy manifests, you can expect one of the three at least to be uh, to, to manifest, edified, exhort, exhorted, or comforted. Now let's clear up a few misconceptions as we've been doing and misuses with all of the gifts. The gift of prophecy is not the gift of foretelling the future. That's not what the gift of prophecy is. It is not foretelling the future. This is the simple gift of prophecy. And the reason there's a misconception about this is because we confuse this simple gift of prophecy with the prophetic office. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. And so uh, we'll see here in Ephesians 4, I'm not going to go to it, you can write it down, 4, 8 to 12. That the office of the prophet is one of the five ministry gifts along with the apostle, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. There's an office of a prophet, and he stands in that office, and he prophesies. Yes, the gift of prophecy does work in his life, but it must be accompanied with another gift. Can you guess which one? The revelatory gift. A prophet, when he stands or she stands and, and prophesies, it will be the simple gift of prophecy, sure, but it will manifest as a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or discerning of spirits. That's what an office of the prophet, when they're operating, those are the gifts. And usually two will accompany the gift of prophecy in their lives. So... All, all of us don't have that. We're not all called to the office of a prophet. It says he's called some, just as he's called some pastors, some teachers, some evangelists. We've got a lot of people going around saying they're prophets or prophetesses, <laughs> and they're foretelling the future. We all should be prophets of our own life with this simple gift of prophecy. We all should do it, but it's not foretelling the future. You don't see that listed. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. There's no foretelling in there at all. The prophets of old and the Old Testament, we see them in the Old Testament being used by God foretelling future events. Yes, they were prophets of God. And there are even some today that stand in that office. Yes, absolutely. But we won't get into how God calls them into that. But a lot of time they've served in other areas of ministry before they got to the office of the prophet. You do not get saved, come off the street, and now you're a prophet. That is not how that works. There is an order to the way God does things. And so you may have, maybe you were in the office of a pastor first or an evangelist. And then God worked in your ministry, and then now you've, you've, you've made your way to the office of a prophet. But it doesn't just happen just, you know, without proving yourselves in other areas of ministry. And so uh, the gift of prophecy is not to be used for guidance. This is one of the, another misuse of it. Those who say, I'm a prophet, and here you should do this and that. That's not what this simple gift of prophecy is. This simple gift of prophecy is for comfort, 
for edification, for exhortation. Hallelujah. Guidance is not listed in there. The gift of prophecy is not preaching. That's not what the gift of prophecy is. Now, sometimes a preacher or a, a, a teacher, a preacher will get into the spirit. He'll get in the spirit and his teaching, the, uh, the gift of prophecy can manifest. But it is not preaching. That is not what the gift of prophecy is. It is not uh, to stand here and preach. I like what Dad Hagen said. He said, the supernatural gifts are given to arrest people's attention, not to save them. And he uses the example of the day of Pentecost when people were talking in tongues. No one got saved until Peter stood up and preached. That's what preaching is for. Preaching is what will get them saved. This is a sign to get their attention. Prophecy. The gift of prophecy is not rebuke. In fact, we said it's encouragement. Correction doesn't come from prophecy. It comes from preaching the word of God. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. To preach, Paul instructs Timothy, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Correction does not come through the simple gift of prophecy. That's not what it does. There's been much confusion about this gift, and it's nothing new. The devil always has a counterfeit, always. And it was so bad with the church of Thessalonica that they begin to despise the gift of prophecy. We see that in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19 to 21, where Paul told them, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things and hold fast what is good. And I understand where that church was coming from. I've felt that way sometimes too about the gift of prophecy because as a pastor's daughter, many people would come into the church over the years and call me out, you know, whether they did it in front of the congregation or not and say things to me that did not bring edification, comfort, exhortation, nor confirm anything that God was telling me, especially when I was single. Everybody thought I was looking to get married, and I was not. I did not want to get married. If you knew me, even Eric met me at that point. He was like, man, you were mean. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do. I was content in my singleness, and that's what I wanted. And they would be like, God has a husband coming your way, and the vivid dreams that you're having. I'm like, first of all, if you know me, I have zero dreams. Zero. I can hardly remember any of my dreams. Like, hardly remember any of my dreams. All oh, the vivid dreams that God's given to you, it's because you musically are created, and I see you in blue on the stage. I'm like, what? I, at that time, I only wore black. I never wore black. I'm like, good Lord. That's, this is their thinking that this is the gift of prophecy. That's not what the simple, it left me more confused than anything. That doesn't edify me. So I despised it. I was like, oh, the minute I saw them coming. And there was a lot of theatrics involved too. They couldn't just stand there. Oh, they couldn't just stand there and say, hi, I just want that. It was all. And I'm like, oh, no, now what? Oh, I feel it right now. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. And I'm like trying not to laugh at some because some was comical. I'm like, dude, stop. And then the words would get really twisted because you know where the anointing is. I'm coming, sometimes I would be coming off of the platform 
after, you know, doing praise and worship, walking over there and they're stopping me. Well, that anointing is there. And if you're going to say something foolish, it will not come out. They're like, oh, I had it all planned out what I, I was going to say. And up, 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 up. It's a, oh, now it sounds horrible. I'm like, yeah, it does. Because it's probably not the spirit of God. It's probably you want to say something nice to me. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that you want to come and tell me something nice. Just tell me what's in the Bible. Don't wrap it up like it's the gift of prophecy. Because it's not. And so I was like the church at Thessalonica. So I appreciate, here's the passion. Listen to this. I appreciate Paul's advice. It helps me tremendously. It says this. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test and afterward hold tightly to what has been proven to be right. <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit move, even the gift of prophecy. Examine it. If it aligns with the word of God, then great, keep it. If not, let it go. That's my translation. Just let it go. You know, chew the hay, spit out the sticks, right? We take the good, and we just spit out the sticks. And so that's what I've had to do uh, in it with prophecy, just so I didn't despise it, you know. Uh, and, I, and I agree with what Paul said. I think that's excellent advice. It's not the gift of prophecy has been misused. And so if we just keep it in its simplest form, it's just edifying, exhorting, comforting. It always blesses the church. Yeah, it might be a warning wrapped up in that, like, hey, stay steady because the world and this and that. But it's always to bring you closer to God, always to bring you closer to God. Last week, we looked at Paul's instruction about tongues. And here's, here's another scripture, Romans 12, 6. I got this after uh, an individual, and I won't get into what that person said, but it was, this was one of the ones that was really off. And uh, Romans 12, 6 says, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith. <laughs> if a person prophesies things that don't come to pass, they are speaking beyond their faith. And they just need to stop. Just stop. Just stop. You're into stuff now that you don't even know what you're into. Just stop. You do it according to where your faith is. And that's how God uses us, little by little. And he can teach us. He can teach us to do better. And so last week we looked at Paul's instructions about tongues and interpretation. I gave instructions as to how this house will flow with the gifts of the Spirit because we're going to see more of it. If you, were, if you missed it, you could go back and listen, but I will repeat it again before uh, this uh, series is done within the next few weeks. Um, in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, he gives instruction about this one, about prophecy. Let two or three people prophesy and let others evaluate what is said. So again, in a service, there should be no more than three. There are churches around the world that the whole service is people getting up with prophecies. And it's not even like edification comfort because now it's turned into future stuff. Like, oh, you're going to do this. Now they think they're operating in that gift. So it causes much confusion. Uh, and it may, some of it may align to the word of God. It may be encouraging. And you may say, well, I have a fourth one. Three is good. God said what he needed to say with the three. And so you can hold it till the next time. And people that say, well, I'm not in control when the spirit moves over us. Yes, you are. We are in full control when the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit does not control anybody. The devil controls people. That's his arena. The, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And you either want him or you don't. 
And if you don't want him, he'll leave you alone. <laughs> That's why we don't often move in the gifts of the Spirit. Because there's fear there. Or there's, I don't know if I... So he's not going to control us. The Holy Spirit, that's not what he does. And so I like this. Uh, there's an order to things. So you may have three, and someone may say, well, I have one more. Well, save it for next time. And tell the Holy Spirit, I remember one of your jobs. One of your jobs is to bring things to my remembrance. So the next time we're together, if I'm to give that again, please bring that to my remembrance. And when you do, I'll be able to deliver it. And he will. He's faithful to do that. Don't think that you are out of control. And I mean, I've seen it too many times. I like this. Uh, Lester Sumrall says this, because there's an order that we need to follow in the service. And we talked about that last week, or it can be dangerous to the church. He said, you can have a fire in the basement of a church, but as long as that fire is inside the furnace, there's no problem. He said, should that fire be outside of the furnace in the center of the room, you would have a problem. Though it's the same fire, it's in the wrong place. You get it? It's in the wrong place. The gifts of the Spirit have a proper place and a proper time. And to function best, they should function at that place and at that time. And so that's what we're doing as we're talking about this. We're increasing our level of expectation, our level of hunger, our level of excitement about the gifts of the Spirit. Because again, every time he manifests, he brings his gifts with him. And so we embrace that. Amen. Let's look at one example of the gift of prophecy in the Bible. Acts chapter 21, verse 8 to 11. This is very interesting. There's two different types of prophecy here. The next day we went on to Caesarea. And this is um, Luke talking about, you know, Luke is the writer of Acts. And he's telling about the, the journey that Paul had. The next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip, the evangelist. One of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Several days later, a man at, named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul's belt, bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, the Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. Well, I wouldn't want to be Paul that day. <laughs> That's not very edifying or encouraging, is it? Did that bring comfort to Paul? No. Agabus was a prophet. He was known as an individual who was called to the office of a prophet. And he had a word of wisdom. Yeah. He had a word of wisdom for Paul. He said, this is what's going to happen. It was the gift of prophecy, but it manifested as the word of wisdom. He said, this is what's going to happen. But the four daughters, they had the simple gift of prophecy. They didn't come to Paul and, and prophesy to him, but they must have been known to get up in the services and deliver a word of edification, exhortation, and comfort to the services that they had. They had services in their home, actually. And so they probably got up and they did that because Paul knew, Luke knew, they had the gift of prophecy. 
And so two different ways. Jesus operated in all the gifts, especially the gift of prophecy often. If you read the scriptures at all in the gospel and you hear the words that Jesus said, he'll tell you they don't come from me. They didn't come, but they are of my father. And the Holy Spirit revealed that to him. He was talking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 5, I think it goes 5 to 7, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. That didn't come from just regular preaching and teaching. The Holy Spirit was speaking through Jesus. And did that not provide edification, exhortation, and comfort? Simple gift of prophecy that he operated in. Hallelujah. We also saw Paul a number of times. Paul would operate with the uh, gift of prophecy, with this simple gift. In your prayer time, when you're before the Lord, you can do this and you can practice this. Just as you can practice tongues, you can also do the same with prophecy. It can come as a song. It can come as, as, a, as a hymn before the Lord. That's how you develop in this gift of prophecy. But whenever it manifests, no, its threefold purpose is to edify, exhort, and bring comfort. And if the three happen, you know, oh yes, I heard from Jesus today. I heard from the Holy Spirit today. I heard the Father's heart today. That's how we know. And so all these other things, um, when we come to foretelling and all of that, that you can leave that to the person who stands in the office office of a prophet. Now, again, we have the word of wisdom. We have the word of knowledge. We have those things. And, and the, it's as the spirit moves. Amen. And so that will happen. That can manifest through individuals. But the individual who you see on TV, a lot of times we see a prophet of God stand up and deliver a message for the nation. And we think that's what I'm supposed to do. No, no, no. That's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm called to be a pastor. I don't know about you. Whatever you're called to, that's what you're called to do. I'm not called to be a prophet. I am not in the office of a prophet. Now, I am open and willing for God to move me in any of the gifts of the Spirit. I am open to function in those gifts, including the simple gift of prophecy. And you should be too. You do not have to be in a five-fold ministry office to operate in any of that. You can just make yourself available. And remember what we said about reverencing the Holy Spirit in our services. That is how he will move. When he is respected, when he is honored, when he is reverenced, he'll show up every time. Every time. We won't have to like, oh, we praise team. We're going to put a lot of pressure on you today. You better deliver because if you don't deliver, the Holy Spirit ain't moving. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's not... It's not our natural ability. It has nothing to do with our natural ability. The worship team could go off key, sing the wrong song, come in at the wrong time, and the Holy Spirit can beautifully move through the service. It's not a matter of us. It's him. We make ourselves available, and he takes it all. <laughs> he takes it all, and he moves as he wills. It's not based on, yeah, the praise and worship team, they come and they set that atmosphere. It, and it helps us. It helps us 
because it clears out the week, you know. We go out and work with, you know, some say the lion's den. In the lion's den, and, you know, you, you work amongst people all week. You hear bad language. You hear this and that. And when you come in, that worship music will just help you relax and help you just get into the presence of God. That's what it's designed to do. It tills the soil of your heart and makes you ready to receive the word of God. Amen? And so we are ready for the Holy Spirit to manifest with his gifts. Amen? Go ahead and stand with me this morning. Next week, we start on the power gifts. Now, this is where our mandate started. The power gifts is something that we are supposed to be seeing this year in 2021 in the local church. And so we are going to end on the power gifts. And I'm telling you, we are going to be in expectation and get real hungry for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because like mom said when she was talking on Wednesday about her prayer life, and she said once you experience a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you are in the presence of God and you just sense it and you just, it's different than the other times, you will never want anything else again. You'll be hungry for it. You'll be hungry for it. Amen? Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit and his gifts. We thank you for the gift of prophecy. We covet it earnestly. Oh, we covet every gift of the Spirit earnestly. And as we're learning more about it, we thank you for a hunger in our hearts like we've never had before for the things of the Spirit. And we thank you that we don't have to do it in ourselves. It's not even up to our natural ability. But we rely on the ability of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that when you decide to move, that we're going to move in cooperation with you. You're reverenced here. You're honored here. And we give you free reign to move in this church at every service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory.